It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Peter Dowd of the IrishGuardian.com uh, joins me on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, even though we're just all moaning and groaning about the weather and it feels like the middle of November. But I was looking at the long range and it's better for next week. We're looking at high teens, low 20s. I don't know if it was you or John Paul that I was saying to, but I think as soon as this period of unsettled uh, bad weather passes, I think we're in for a month or if not six months of good weather, Patricia. We, we, will, we will hold you to that. Let's get straight <laughs> yeah. into questions. This one in from Mary in the Wild West is how she signs her name. Hi, Peter. Uh, can most cuttings be taken now or is it too soon? When I take cuttings and they root, how should I look after them over winter and next spring if they aren't ready to plant inside or outside? Do I water or not water? Thanking you for any help and advice. Okay, well, there's a few questions in that from Mary in the Wild West. Um, the the you can't give a you can't give a hundred percent answer to that question in that not all cuttings can be taken at this time of the year. No, however, many plants, yes, I suppose the vast majority of our garden plants, you would say yes, can be taken from cuttings at this time of the year or or slips, if you like. So. The, the way to do it is you, you make the, the, the important bit to stress is that the base of, of any cutting is at a node. So a node is is uh, the, the point where the leaves meet the stem or, the, or where the, the stems join. They're nodes. And the reason that's important is that's the kind of, as I said to you before, that's the magical part of the plant. That's where all the hormones are based. And and so that's where the auxins are, which are going to stimulate root development. OK, so it needs to be this year's growth. So current year's growth base of the cutting at a, a node depending on what we're taking it could be two to three to four inches maybe even a bit longer in length uh, and the top of the cutting should be a node as well we need to remove what we call the terminal bud trish which is it might be a flower bud or it might be a leaf bud but it's the central bud the top the tip of the, of the cutting if you like that needs to come out leave uh, one sometimes maybe two pairs of leaves depending on what we're taking into a bit of rooting powder into into a little small pot or seed tray filled with compost and then depending on which variety you're growing or you're, you're trying to grow from a cutting you'll have varying degrees of success once you have them rooted whatever it is um depending on what do you do to get to the next part of a question do you leave them out for the winter or in for the winter well that depends on the variety so if it's a if it's a frost hardy shrub that you're growing well the cutting will be absolutely frost hardy as well just because it's tiny doesn't mean it won't be it'll be any different so don't worry about that but equally if it's a frost tender or a, a, you know something that can't tolerate low temperatures well then that would need to be in for the winter 
So that'll answer that. And as regards watering, you'd water it the same way as you would, a, a, you know, a more mature plant. If you think in the pot it's drying out and it needs water, water it. Certainly not at the start but before root development, but once it's got roots, uh, kind of go with your gut on it. And, and bear in mind during the winter, obviously, all plants will require less watering. Well, number one, nature will be giving it, but number two, they're not actively growing, so they won't mm. need that much. Okay, Sean says his hydrangeas are very slow to flower this year. He said normally they're in full bloom by now. Any advice and what would be the reason? It's the well, it's the it's the, the excuse me, the magical word for gardeners. It's patience. Mine mine are a bit slow too, actually. In fact, I was just looking at the first of them coming out last night. Um so yeah, it's just patience, it's just one of those things. I, I put the answer to the question as to why. I don't have any tips except just just give it a bit of time. Uh the answer to, to why. I suspect it's it's the just weather. the weather. It's yeah, just yeah. daylight hours and temperatures, yeah. Okay, Martin is is looking for your view on ash dieback. He spotted a, a tweet that was from Northern Ireland saying that the ash dieback is back and it's decimating the landscape and that in May there was only very few ash trees in Northern Ireland that were leafing and the, the person who was tweeting it were hope, was hoping it was just that uh, they were late to leaf this year. Uh, Martin is wondering, is, is ash dieback back? Yes, I would say it is certainly to the best of my knowledge. No, I'm I'm not an expert on ash dieback, but I mean I do recognise it, uh, and it does seem to be back. And I have seen some some um, some social media posts from people who who would would know and do work in the area uh, where they have seen symptoms of ash dieback. Yes, unfortunately. So I would say yes. Now I, d- I don't want everybody to panic on saying that um, because I'm not sure off the top of my head what current guidelines and regulations are. But I would say, yes, there are symptoms of it, uh, certainly on the island, yeah. That's the wood that hurdies are made from, isn't it? (coughs) Yeah, it is. Ash is a very valuable tree in Ireland, yeah. And it is what what hurdies are made from, yeah. Okay, Mary is in Skibbereen, is growing sweet peas, but she says they're not doing too good. She said (coughs) it looks like something's eating them and it's almost like there's a mildew on them in the morning. What could be going wrong with her sweet peas? Well, again, I, I can I can attest to that by saying mine aren't thriving yet either. Uh, and I, the, the, the rain actually over the last couple of days um, has really improved them. The, 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 they, they've nearly doubled in size with the rain, even though I was watering them. I was being good. Uh, but they're, they're, I would say, a good month behind where they normally would be at this time of the year. Um, so I'd say that, again, probably because of the weather and the low temperatures relatively late into the, into the, the, the late spring. Um, I imagine what's eating them is slugs. It'll be the most common pest to eat them. So do use some kind of wool barrier pellet around them. I've been using that around my sweet peas this year and very, very effectively. Uh, I have no slug damage and you're you're not putting in any poisons into the ground. It's just a, a wool pellet made from sheep's wool um, that the slugs can't get over. So it does protect the sweet peas. Uh, the mildew could be some kind of fungal problem, which again, we're having a very damp week at the moment, maybe a couple of weeks. Um, and that could be causing fungal problems, maybe a small bit of copper sulfate around them. Uh, and just, just cross your fingers and, and pray for a bit of sunshine, really. Yeah, and you can see it with the, all the questions coming in. It's, it's Things are behind time, but it's, it's very much to do with the weather. Somebody has an Acer in a pot. It's there about four years. Uh, what can I fertilise it with as it seems to be struggling a bit? And by the way, the pot is big enough. Okay, well, no matter how big the pot, it will always have a finite amount of, of resources in terms of nutrients and, and, and 
you know, food available to the to the acer. So when something like this is growing in a pot, you're right to learn. The caller is right to look at um what to feed it with because you'll have to. If it's growing in the open ground, obviously it should get everything it needs from the soil. But when it's in a pot, it's an artificial environment, so it will need to be helped along. And I would look the but the best one that I I use is the the nature safe one, which is the one made up in Galway. Um, it's a seaweed, but it's cold pressed seaweed, and it's also sustainably harvested. So that's obviously very very important. Um. It's very, very rich in, in all the nutrients that plants need. Uh, you know it by pouring it out, actually. It's, so, it's really a uh, rich, thick liquid. Um, so dilute that with water, water it onto the acer in the pot, do it a couple of times a year, and I think that should be enough for it. You're going to love this one from a listener. Uh, gardening question for Peter, please. We have rewilded the lawn this year and we absolutely love it. We just cut the curbside and we've cut a path through. Uh, what would Peter's advice be, though, at the end of the summer? Should we strim and remove the grass so that we have a meadow again next year? And when is the ideal time to do that? Yeah, well, the, the ideal time, again, will vary from year to year slightly, just depending on, again, temperatures. So when, when and it's a lovely thing to do, let it just go back to nature. So when the um, when the flowers and everything else is more or less finished and gone to seed, which could be middle September, end of September, middle of October, that, that kind of time frame, you do strim it. So strim it relatively low. Uh, leave the trimmings there so that the seeds will disperse back into the soil, but only for a few weeks. Don't leave them there long term because it'll lead to just a, a mess at ground level and again, ideal conditions for fungal development of fungal infections. So don't leave the trimmings on the ground. Uh, leave them there for a few weeks so the seeds, as I say, will go back into the soil, but then rake them away and send them off to the compost bin. And really, that's all you need to do and let it to nature again. Yeah, and I love the fact that they love it. <laughs> They're so thrilled about what they've done. And it's cutting down all the work that they need to do, being out mowing the lawn every couple of well, weeks. Well, it is. It, it yeah. really is. Yeah. And I, do you know where I was, Trish, at the weekend? was in the community park in Douglas. They were launching their, oh, yeah, yeah. their biodiversity action yeah. plan. So I was I was roped in and happy to be roped in to answer a few questions down there. Um, and they've... they've, uh, they've uh, instated some lovely wildflower areas in the park in Douglas and uh, it, you know fabulous. it's really capturing the imagination I'm glad to see yeah it's great hi gardening question please I have a large palm tree in a deep pot it's right outside my front door it's not looking good at the moment and it's lost its beautiful green colour a lot of dusty lorries are passing by as there's a building houses going on nearby is there anywhere I can bring it back it's dull and dusty looking when people say palm trees, uh, Trish, they, they kind of, it's a term that can cover a multitude. So it can be used to describe conifers, so cypresses and pines and things like that. But it can also be used, and I suppose more correctly used, to describe the cordelines and trachycarpus. They're the kind of spiky-leaved exotic palms, if you know what I mean. Mm. I suspect, listening to the question, that we're talking about a conifer, uh, that type of palm, palm Sunday palm tree, if you like. Um it, we were just talking a minute ago about the acer growing in a pot and how that can be survive long term in a pot with good feeding. Conifers, I would say the opposite. They can't really survive long term in a pot, no matter how how good, how decent the size the pot is. So really the only way, yes, I mean, the answer to your question is, yes, you can get it back to that lovely, vibrant green color, but you'll need to either put it into a bigger pot and a substantially bigger pot uh, or into the open ground. I think feeding it is you're wasting your time, really, if the pot is too small. Yeah, so it just needs a bigger pot. Uh, hi, I've got apple trees. They're literally bent over with the blossoms every year, but then I get very few apples. I protect it from frost. I cover it with netting when it's windy. Lots of blossoms, but why such? Few, why so few flowers? Why so few apples? It, it could be one of a few reasons. Now, 
most likely is that they they're they're not pollinating partners, if you like. So what that means, without getting too far into it, Trish, you you have different seasons within the one flowering season of apples. So in other words, you have early in the flowering season, mid flowering season, and late flowering season. Uh, and as a general rule of thumb, if you have two from the same early, medium, or late, they should pollinate each other. It goes a bit further then that some need more than one pollinator. They're what's called triploids. Um, so in the first instance, you need to make sure that you have apple trees that will pollinate each other or that are good pollinators for each other. That could well be the problem. The second thing is uh, bees. If there aren't enough of the pollinating insects around, so if it is in a windy situation, and do you know what? I've seen more and more of this over the last few years. We're hearing the headlines about you know, habitat and species extinction, and you're seeing it manifest itself in, in things not pollinating as well. So it could be just a lack of pollinators. So maybe plant some wildflowers or some pollinator-friendly plants under the bees to draw the pollinators in and to give them somewhere safe in your garden over the winter. That's the second thing that you need to look at. And the third thing that you want to look at is, uh, and actually, even though you might you might laugh at me when I say this today, given the weather, but actually the 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 weather during the time of blossom was quite dry. We had quite a dry few weeks. And that is also that the can be a problem in that the fruits may form, but they may fall off. Mm. Um, so it could be one of the three of them, I would suspect, is the is is the issue. OK, hi, uh, Peter. Can I plant out peonies now? And what's the best planting advice? Well, absolutely. If you say plant them out, I presume they're, they're in pots and you want to plant them into the ground. So, yes, you can. Best planting advice I can give you is give them a relatively sunny position, more sun than shade, um, and give them a good, deep, rich soil. Don't plant the plant itself too deeply. So the the the, the kind of the eye of the plant, which is the top of the root system, if you like, just where the, the, the leaves and the, the shoots come from, that should be just at our just under, like even just an inch under the soil level. Uh, they can be quite deep rooted. So obviously the roots can go quite deep, but the, that tip should be just in or around soil level. Give them a good rich soil, the, the, the good amount of organic matter like compost. You can be your own homemade compost um, and keep them well watered and then off you go. But but do think about it before you plant them because peonies are one of these plants that once they're planted, they don't really like to be moved. So make sure you're getting the the um, the positioning right. And Theresa says, hi, hi, Peter, my potatoes that I grew in bags got blight. Can I put the earth back into the ground or do I need to dispose of it? Depends what you want to grow on the ground. So if you want to grow potatoes or, or, or tomatoes or anything in that ground, then no, I certainly would not. But I mean, if you're just putting it into um, an ornamental plant bed or, or something like that, I would say, yeah, you're OK to use it. OK. Um, I, hi, a quick question for Peter. Um, will would potatoes grow in a big greenhouse? Oh, absolutely, or even a small greenhouse for that matter. Um, but yeah, you can grow potatoes in a greenhouse. That you, you'll have them just to harvest. You'll need to pay attention to watering, obviously. Uh, but you'll have them just ready to harvest earlier if you're growing them indoors. Absolutely. Okay, and a final one. Hi, I pruned a hydrangea early last year. I got no flowers in that just leaves. Now this year, I've lovely green green leaves and four. it back too much last year. Is that what the problem is? It's as simple as that. And if you remember, remember Trish, and I'm sure we'll have these questions again as we're coming into hydrangea time of the year, uh, is seven nodes. If you prune below seven nodes, um, you won't have a flower that, that year. So what that means is if you count from the ground up, you're pruning during the winter so there'll be no leaves, but you'll very quite easily see the leaf buds, which are nodes. And if you counting from the ground up, if you leave less than seven, 
you won't have flowers on your hydrangea. So seven or more is the rule of thumb. But the, yeah, in the years to come, you'll, 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 they'll flower again. So don't worry. Yeah, and I still always question who came up with that number seven. All right, we leave it there. <laughs> uh, Peter, have you a busy week? Uh, it is busy it's the time of year to be very busy and yeah. if I could give a quick shout out very briefly again another hospice garden for Marymount right. open it's not this weekend Trish but July the 9th in Currabinny and what really is one worth getting to it's Roger and Alison Flack in Currabinny which is the home and, and many of you, the older listeners might remember the name Nancy Minchin who had a very famous garden in Currabinny it's now being being curated by Roger and Alison and that's open on July the 9th that's one not to miss along with John and Sandra Stone who also have a garden open for the hospice on July the 9th in Currabinny so we'll, keep an eye on the, the Marymount Hospice website we'll, anyway for we'll details we'll remind listeners next weekend as well listen have a lovely week and we'll chat next Wednesday thanks, thanks for that uh, Peter Dowd of the Irishgarden.com cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget friendly coverage for you learn more at UH1.com When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.